since I've been refired and now traveling, I help pastors through coaching and, uh, and succession planning. I had to walk through that, so I'm able to do that and help pastors. My wife is still counseling and uh, teaching. She teaches Chinese students English every morning online. That means our morning starts at 4 a.m. My wife is not a morning person. And I thought I was until we started getting up at 4 a.m. That doesn't seem like morning. It seems like the middle of the night, really. And uh, she goes upstairs to teach, and I stay downstairs, and I start my mornings out with devotions. And then I look at my calendar every morning. I look at my calendar, and then I always check the weather. Uh, I like nice weather, and I always check the weather. One time... She came downstairs after she was teaching, and she said, well, what's the weather like? She knows I check it out, and I said, it's dreary, it's cloudy, it's overcast, and it's going to be that way for the next two or three days. We like the sun, both S-O-N and S-U-N, we like the sun. When we go on vacation, we find somewhere warm with lots of sun. But this particular day, I said it's cloudy and overcast with an attitude. But then the Lord reminded me of a text that talks about a cloud and about God coming in that cloud. And so this morning, I want to read the scripture and preach from the subject, Cloudy Faith. Uh, look somebody around beside you say cloudy faith now it took some working for me to see that God could come in a cloud because the sun should have come in the sun but he came in a cloud to the children of Israel so with that in mind I want to take a look at the children of Israel in the desert who were going to the promised land And we'll read our scripture, chapter number 9 of Numbers, starting in verse number 15, reads as follows. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. From morning until evening, the cloud was over the tabernacle, and at night it was a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent or tabernacle, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And whenever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set out and camp. In this way, they traveled and they encamped at the Lord's command. Whenever he told them to go, they went. Then they remained in their camp for a long time. The cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed over only overnight and in the morning it lifted. But that day or night the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whenever the cloud stayed over 
or above the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the people stayed in camp and did not move. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. Come on, say cloudy faith. So let's take a look at the children of Israel as they were moved from Egypt to the promised land. History tells us that Moses, of course, was raised by Pharaoh's wife and yet nursed by his mother, but he made some mistakes. He ended up killing an Egyptian who was fighting a Hebrew and he had to flee for his life. And now we pick up the story. Moses comes back to Pharaoh because God had heard the cry of the children of Israel who were being oppressed. And Moses said, let my people go. Of course, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And so God said, well, I can work with that. And he gives 10 plagues, blood, all the water became blood, frogs, lice. If I was Pharaoh at lice, I would have let him go. Then flies, livestock were killed. Then boils, I sure would have let them go at that point. Then hail, then locusts, then darkness for three solid days, but they couldn't even move. And then lastly, the death of the firstborn. And Pharaoh said, maybe I ought to rethink this through. He let them go. And then Pharaoh had a change of heart again. And he started pursuing them with his whole army. He was pursuing the nation of Israel. It was so interesting because I was rereading this the other day and I saw this and it, it just shocked me. The cloud that was leading the children of Israel moved from in front of them and went behind them. And so Pharaoh pursuing the children of Israel now is enshrouded in a cloud and they can't see. Now you know the story, so in that process, uh, God moves upon the Red Sea and makes a passageway, amen, and the children of Israel were, were being chased by Pharaoh and a Red Sea they couldn't cross and God makes a way. How many know God knows how to make a way for you, amen? Even when it doesn't look good, God can make a way. Even when the enemy says, I got you now, God can make a way. Come on, somebody. Because the cloud that was leading them now covers them by stopping their enemy. I wish I'd get somebody to get this this morning. The enemy that's chasing you is about to experience the cloud of God that's leading you. When the church is on move, he often stops the advances of the enemy that are against the church. Now they journey to the promised land. I mean, you know the rest of the story. The cloud lifts, goes back to the children of Israel, lead them, and Pharaoh said, we got them now, and they start chasing them, and they have a little water problem at that point in their lives. So what really this journey depicts, the promised land to Egypt, is our journey in life. Every one of us starts at a point where there's bondage in our life. We become slaves to something in our life. Oh, and that doesn't just mean alcohol or drugs or pornography. It might mean you're addicted to yourself. 
See, there, there's lots of things that weigh us down and bind us up, and we all came there. By the way, there's no degrees of lostness. You can be as lost behind an executive desk on the 60th floor as being on the street. If you're lost, you're lost. We all need that process where God sends a Moses to our life to bring us out of darkness into his marvelous light. A Moses that comes for every generation and delivers us, which means freedom from, and gives us guidance, which means freedom to. You see, you can come out of Egypt, but Egypt has to come out of you. So the children of Israel came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them because they had been there for 40 years. And, and the problem with that is that in that process of being bound, it, God became the God of their ancestors and not the God of their life. So now they come out of Egypt, the Bible says, armed for battle, but God said, if I take them the short routes, they're going to try to fight and get discouraged because they've been bound too long. They don't know how to fight anymore. In other words, armed for battle, but afraid to fight. And so I'll have to take them around and teach them and train them in the process. And so we call that cloudy faith realizing that God now has to lead us and retrain us as his people. And so now they're going around and Moses says, actually in, in Exodus 33 says, if your presence does not go with us, then don't send us. And I need a sign, God, because I know this is not going to be an easy assignment. That makes me Think about when Pastor Michael said, he said, you didn't tell me about everything. He said, you didn't, you didn't tell me about this or that. And I thought, that's because if I'd have told you everything, you might have said, I'm going to go ahead and go to California. But it, was, it was persuasion without truth. Okay, so... So Moses said, I need a sign. And Exodus 40 tells us that the sign was a cloud. That I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to identify myself with you at such a level. That the people in the world and the people that you go through their territory are going to realize God is with you. Come on, say cloudy faith. So let's take a look at the Israelites in their camp. And I want to journey with them. So, oops, wrong slide. That's what I would want to do. My, my wife always calls me a Hilton missionary. In other words, I'll mission anywhere in the world as long as there's a Hilton. And No, no, no. Let, let's take a look. Here, there are 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, that's good. Okay. There are 12 tribes of Israel. There's over 600,000 among the tribes, and they would encamp according to tribe around the tabernacle, which represents the presence of God. And close to them, of course, would be the tribe of Levi and the priests. And they would stay as close to the tabernacle. Levi's were responsible for the tabernacle. 
And now God's leading them doesn't seem the right way because it would have been much quicker, but God's retraining them because they're in a process. They're in a process. Pastor Michael calls it pro progression. They're in a progression of being retrained by God to hear his voice and to follow his guidance and oftentimes through Moses as they gave, as Moses gave them commands. And so now the tribes of Israel are relearning who their God is and they, they, they camp in order around the tabernacle, keeping his presence at the very center. Now, this, this, the numbers represent about 600,000, but, but some, some authors believe that there could have been more. That was just the men. We don't know, but it was a lot of people, all right? A lot of people. And so the next, version, next slide shows you just a little bit, and this is one uh, author's version of it, and I love it because it's in the sign of a cross. But here are the tribes of Israel, again, which surround the tabernacle, and above the tabernacle was the cloud. And so this helped them in the process. And at night, the Bible says that there was, was still a cloud, but it looked like fire. How many know at this point, you know, because they're in tents. There's not Hiltons in the desert, amen? There was tents, and so they were in their tents. And the children of Israel had to follow the cloud. And our text tells us if it was one day, they would set up camp. And the next morning, they would have to pack camp. It could have been a month. It could have been a year. But at the Lord's command, they set out or they encamped. That's what our text told us. And I would imagine if there were some people like some people, certainly not us, but some other people, they would say, hey, you know, let's help God. Because this doesn't make sense. I mean, one day, one week, a month, a year. Let's, let's form a committee. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say denominational name, but let's form a committee. And we'll help God and we'll put together a plan so it's, it's, it's better planned out. I mean, you know, a, a month of camping and then a week of traveling and then a month of camping. Let's see if we can help God, but that wasn't God's intention. It wasn't about camping and it wasn't about traveling. It was about hearing my voice. It's about following my command. It's about letting, letting you know that I'm God and I know what I'm doing and I will not take you into the promise until I change your life and you follow my guidance because that's the only way you're going to make it. Now, if we had time, we'd talk about when they arrived at the promised land that there were some enemies that didn't like them, and they had to fight. So he had to change them in the process. Amen? Sometimes the promise isn't just given. The promise has to be fought for. So let's, let's, let's take a look at some things now. The order of the camp. So first of all, I want to talk about what cloudy faith represents. First of all, the cloudy faith represents God's covering for protection. God's covering for protection. During the day, it was a cloud, and in the desert, the sun is your worst enemy in the desert, so he became a cloud, which means he shaded the nation of Israel. And at night it was fire, and even though the desert's hot during the day, it gets cold at night. And he said, I'll be fire at night. In other words, I got you covered. 
Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got you. God's got you. In the world we live among a lot of disturbed people. How many know, and it doesn't hurt to have God's protection over your life. I believe many times there are things that God does that we don't even know he does that keeps protection over our life. In other words, you misplaced your keys and now you're five minutes late before you find them. But there was an accident about to happen and God said, no, I got you. I, I got you. I know you're frustrated, but don't you worry about it. I got you covered. I got you covered. So the cloud represents God's covering and protection. Secondly, it represents God's direction for the future. God's direction for the future. The cloud is moving, and when it moves, it's moving you towards your future. See, sight only sees the present. Vision sees the future. Sight only sees where you're at. Vision sees where you're going. Sight sees present problems. The future sees future possibilities. Sight tells you why you can't. Future tells you why you can. Sight often produces despair. Vision gives hope for a promise. Sight reminds you of your past. Future talks about your future. Come on. God's doing something that's fantastic. He's moving us into the future. And that's why Jeremiah tells us the verse we all quote, but we don't live. For I know the plans I have for you. I got this worked out. I got where I'm taking you worked out. Just trust me in this. I have plans for you. Transformation Church, I got plans for you. If I told you everything at the beginning, it would overwhelm you, but it's laid out for you. You just stay with me and follow the cloud. And thirdly, it represents the cloudy faith represents God's authorization on leadership. The last verse we read, they encamped and traveled at the Lord's command and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. It represents God's authorization on leadership. By the way, there still is good leadership. Are there problems in some leadership? Yes, but there's still good leadership. And how many know Pastor Michael is a good leader? We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for his leadership. Somebody said, man, how'd you, how'd you all believe God for $6 million to put down that building? I said, Pastor Michael did he has staff around him, but he believed God, and he didn't spend it. A lot of young pastors would have spent it faster than it's coming in. He saved it. In two years, two years, come on, say two years. He saved that money, amen, and thank God for good leadership. Good leadership. We were at four services in the other building. And I was told that many times at 11 o'clock, they turn away as many as 200 people trying to get in. We couldn't take another year and a half to stay there. So Pastor Michael, last night of the conference, heard, don't go back, move forward. He heard the last night of the conference, move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. I'm bringing you to a new place. And we did the best we could to get the word out in just a few days from Thursday night to Sunday morning. And there are a few people that didn't get it, but most everybody got it. Amen. And we here and we're doing right well. Amen. Come on, somebody. We're doing right well. So let me give you a moment of prophetic insight. I've been checking lately. I've been watching. I travel all over, the, all over this nation. I travel almost... almost 
two to three Sundays a month, and I'd rather be here. Hope to change my schedule this year. But I've been traveling, and I've been watching, and I've been observing. And what I'm observing in this hour, prophetically, is the cloud is moving. I said the cloud is moving. And that's why it takes cloudy faith. It takes faith to believe that this move is of God. That, that, that What are you doing trying to get a $54 million building? And what are you doing trying to move those people over there before you do all the remodeling and everything? The cloud is moving. And you got to move with the cloud. Come on, say move with the cloud. But it takes cloudy faith. So let me give you four things this morning. I'll get out of your way. Four things that cloudy faith moves. When cloudy faith moves, number one, there's an impartation of gifting. An impartation of gifting. Somebody said, what is impartation? Is something instilled in you or upon you that oftentimes you haven't paid for. It's given to you or it's deposited in you. Impartation means you get it down on the inside. See, some people hear truth, other people get revelation. See, truth has to become revelation. Truth understood without the revelation cannot change you. So you have to get it. You have to get it. That's why you're listeners of the word. You're receiving the word, but you've got to get it down on the inside. It's got to be yours. The revelation of cloudy faith is mine. And we'll find out if cloudy faith is really yours when we take the offering in December. Amen. Because the, if, if you do what you've never done before, you got the revelation down on the inside. We have to get the revelation. So there's an impartation of gifting when cloudy faith moves. In Numbers chapter 11, it said, The Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. There was an impartation upon people who were not prophets when they submitted to the voice of Moses, they got an impartation. Now, it doesn't mean they became prophets because they didn't prophesy after that day. But, but we understand that in that moment, God gave them an impartation, which means you're in the right place at the right time to get something that you didn't pay for. But I'm going to use you at a level that I've never used you before. You might have to make a business presentation and you prepared and you're ready, but somehow you want to make sure that every person's in that room gets what you have to say at a whole different level. And it's in that moment that sometimes God says, I'm going to give you an impartation. They won't be able to understand it. They won't be able to identify it, but there's going to be something in that presentation that you're going to realize God gave me an impartation and I came and presented and it was well received and you get a promotion or something like that. Amen. 